Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 309, air date June 22nd, 2018. We also have a message to the hate groups, especially any that are planning to come to our city this weekend. Boston does not welcome you here. Boston does not want you here. Boston rejects your message. We reject racism. We reject white supremacy. We reject anti-Semitism. We reject the KKK. We reject neo-Nazis. We reject domestic terrorism. And we reject hatred. And we will do every single thing in our power to keep hate out of our city. They tried to stop us today, didn't they? Yeah. I want to thank all of the people that came out today. Presents himself as a Democrat, as a liberal. To fight back on the white supremacists that were coming to our city. He, he called me a right-wing nutjob and a white supremacist. To fight back on the white supremacists that were coming to our city. And a white supremacist. To fight back on racism, to fight back on anti-Semitism, to fight back on the white supremacists that were coming to our city, on the Nazis that were coming to our city. I don't see any racists here. Here's here's the thing. They called it a white supremacist Nazi rally. Right. Hate group 40,000. Yep. I've had the pleasure of speaking at, at the other rallies after the fact. I remember seeing that video, and it was just somebody's cell phone because the... the it was my cell phone. Would, the, 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 it was my cell phone. That was the, you. That was our cell phone. Okay. Let me pre- preface this. Because there was no press allowed, nobody could get And they in jammed there. the Wi-Fi there. And they jammed the Wi-Fi there. So this stuff, which is why you saw the video after the fact, but it was your cell phone, and that was you. And here's the thing. It's like... John Kingston wasn't there, Jeff Lindstrom wasn't there, Elizabeth Warren wasn't there, Jeff what I wasn't there. In fact, say, they all denounced the rally. What I want to say is, our press is lying. None of these other people are actually standing up for it. I'm talking about some of the other people in the campaign are standing up and pointing out this very obvious fact that here in Massachusetts, the cradle of liberty, this is the place where the war started, that nobody, nobody running is going to that, I'm going to use the word ultra-conservative right. But I preface, folks, I mean that in a certain way, that this is what our country was founded upon. Freedom of speech, the ability to say what you want, be what you want, do what you want. Yes, you can disagree. Please do so. But this phalanx that happened to you guys out there, and I'm going to pull the race card here, and then you show up. The Indian guy. Not only that, if you The Indian at- guy shows up, and it's, oh, this is a white nationalist Nazi thing. And this Indian Shiva guy shows up. It's like, talk about a slap in the face of these leftists. I mean, talk about a coup right there. That was perfect. It was, it was not only a coup, but what's interesting is how the right and the left, when I mean the right, the right and the left establishment, uh, reacted. Because, you know, the mass GOP was very threatened by my election mm-hmm. because they had Dirty Deal uh, set up to be uh, Baker's, you know, next in command. And here I come out of nowhere and I steal the show. I get on Stuart Barney, I'm on Jesse Waters. Well, after that show, you know, they try to destroy me as a white supremacist Nazi. But the, they have a big problem. We have a video. You see what I'm saying? They got a video. Not only that, 
Chris, in where? the, in the, in I, th I think I left my swastika sticker in the closet. Exactly. I left, yeah, by the way, it's a Hindu symbol. Uh, you know, exactly. Hello, America, study yeah. your history. Right. So what's interesting is when that took place in March of 2017, I was asked by a bunch of students to come speak. You know, I speak pretty well. I'm pretty articulate. I have my positions on a number of things. And a bunch of people are invited. I said, this is great because I was a student activist. People can go look at my record. Uh, I made sure more poor whites, more poor blacks. Uh, helped organize unions, real unions, you know, at MIT uh, for fair wages, et cetera. So I've always been a fighter. And here, these students invited me. Then Charlottesville takes place, right? Well, what happens? Marty Walsh, you know, opportunist who's running against a black guy. We don't want the hate yeah. groups, yeah, yada, he said, yada. He, yeah, he says this is a white supremacist rally. Charlie Baker, who, who's got to get reelected, he says it's a white supremacist event. Every person fell in line, including the Massachusetts state legislature passes a proclamation saying, you know, we got to stop these white supremacists. OK, so we went into a situation where we were branded white supremacists and Nazis. You know, a lot a number of people pulled out. What's interesting. I is, know yeah, we did. Sure. OK, right. The so-called real fighters, you know, pulled out. We still went. It was 40 of us against 40,000 people. It was like Braveheart. You know, Michelle over here was there, you know, a woman, okay? And yeah. if you look at the picture, it's blacks, whites, Chinese, you know, left, mm -hmm. right, people mm -hmm. want cannabis, mm -hmm. Joe Biggs, me, everyone. I was a keynote speaker. So we said, shit, let's just get up and just do this. Yeah. We start film. we're trying to do t tweeting out, we couldn't, so we filmed that video. And what, what, I have a banner that says black lives do matter. My issue is, yeah, so what, they do matter, let's move on. Of course they matter. You know, I have another sign which says, to hell with Monsanto. I have another sign which says, real jobs. Because my view is that we got to build a coalition against the establishment. And the establishment tries to pit for far too long. It's yeah, got one against the other. Yeah, it's got... Which it, is why there it, was 40,000 well, there. Yeah, it's got, uh, you know, uh, not so obvious establishment people like Howie Carr, who basically takes advantage of poor white blue collar and wants to sell his books, telling blacks are bad. And then it's got the Boston Globe telling whites are bad. And so what you have is you have race war. You have $8 net worth of a black mm -hmm, person. And mm -hmm. you have poor whites in this country, but absolutely devastated by both of these guys. They all make money off of it. They never want to solve the fundamental problem, which mm -hmm. is the establishment. And that's what I've dealt with all my life. So when you ask me what I'll do, you got to understand, when I was invited back to India on a Fulbright for one year, I exposed the Indian government. In India, I had to leave under uh, death threats. You know, I'm the guy who put my ass on the line and exposed Monsanto. I don't have to do this stuff. But what, uh, what I am is I hold my loyalty to my high school teachers, to my high school coaches, to those working people in New Jersey. You know, those are my allies. So I've already made it, Chris. I mean, how much more money do we need? Do Elizabeth Warren's got a $10 million home, 350 k from Harvard, and then she also takes 180 k salary from as a Senate. Exactly. These people are greedy people, and they have the gall to say they stand for working people. Complete, complete hypocrites. They're your, not fighters. They're not Americans. Your parents came here to this country. They came legally. With nothing, $75 legally. They had to submit their resumes. Right. I'm getting you know, right. all I'm this getting stuff. So when I here. see this stuff attacking Trump, what the hell is going on? The guy is part of the executive branch, which does enforcement. Congress hasn't done mm -hmm. its people don't know civics. Sure. And all these people, oh, we got to feel sad. Yeah, you feel sad. But let me tell you, these these people that you feel sad for, they're being taken advantage of by the same liberals well, they're from being Wall used. Street. Right, yeah, the whole thing is being used. If you look at the P&L statement... Hang on, hang on, yeah. hang on. There was just a thing I was just online with, uh, somebody who does a show at ICN, WICN here in Worcester. 
There's a whole thing going on here. They're raising money, a fundraiser, for that, that famous photograph of that child crying. Um, and if, it, listen, no. I, I listened to the NPR report. Believe it or not, folks, NPR. This is an actual fact. The photographer who was there, who took that picture, was on NPR. And the photographer actually said live on air in the interview, yeah, the child, the mother, after she was done being searched, she picked up the child, and they all went off to the detention center together. That's it. So that photograph, that lie, that, that entire paradigm that's being produced out there, and this is part of what's going on even with you. And this is what's going on. I want to get back to what I said about your parents. Your parents came here legally. The crap they probably had to go through to get here. We were separated and, and, from my father and for wait, a year. Hang on. Yeah. But, but your, your first... So were you born in India? I was born in India. You're, looking, you're talking to an immigrant. So there you're you talking go. to an immigrant exactly. right here. This is not theory to me. You know, my father came here first. And he had to submit his resumes. Right, all and of, then you got then separated. Then we had to wait. We got, yeah, we didn't, we, we didn't call it illegal. We didn't call it bad. We waited in line. That is the American. The exactly. great thing about America is right. my dad and my grandparents said, you know, that country has rule of law and it's based on meritocracy. And when you take those two things away, you don't have the greatness of this country. Meritocracy, which means... It's based on your hard work and your talent your and your ability. What do you ability. what do you got to offer? Exactly. Not on the fact It's like you, applying for a job, folks. What do you got to offer? Right, my not, company? not on the fact that you suck up to the Democrat establishment exactly. or suck up to Charlie Baker. So that's not what it's based on. I'm gonna ask you a personal question. Yeah. Uh, your parents, have you talked to them? Have you said, Well, what do you think about this? What Well, my you gotta understand, uh, I know it's my a parents different are, No, my mom passed away, but I'll tell you, my mom's a fighter. Let me tell you, when I was in seventh grade, growing up in New Jersey, I'll tell you who my parents are, okay? Here I'm in seventh grade. The high school didn't want to... I was not only a really good student, but you're talking about a great baseball player, too. I could have been pro, okay? So in, when I was in high school, the teachers... They'd never seen an Indian kid, right? I went to... My last year, I went to an all-Jewish high school. In I Jewish, gotta hear this and, story. And nothing against Jewish people, but Jewish people brought up with this myth, they're the chosen people of God. Right. They're the best everywhere, right? right? They, you know, 4,000 kids. Me and my sister were only the two kids. Well, I was acing everyone. So they didn't want to allow me to take a chemistry exam because it was who would be the best chemistry student. You know what my mom and dad did? They'd come home from working hard, 6 p.m., they walk into that high school and they rip apart the high school saying, you don't want our son to participate? You know, he's busted his ass. Anyway, they won the right for me to sure. participate, and I got to... Won, wait, won the right? What? Well, well we, had, we had to fight, because you did have discrimination, right? But yeah, right, right. My mom used to say, look, in India, you can get discriminated nine different ways. In America, three, but if you're good enough, you fight. And that's what my parents were. So I right. was brought up with fighters in my family, you know? We had to fight. So you're going to say that the odds are a little bit better race-wise? Well, yeah. Well, the, the, the this I'm the power, to put the power some levity into the, the yeah, show. Yeah, the, the power of the symbol is it's like you have a person who cut in front of. Well, life. he's Indian, so all right, put him on the team. Well, well, I mean, they had to because I had all the grades, you know. What? What? I think in this situation, you're awesome, man. That's great. That's, that's look, look. The bottom line is this. Hey, listen. We gotta laugh at it, and we gotta we gotta make fun of it, or we're never gonna get rid of it. Exactly. Exactly. Well, that's why this, this, this slogan is great. You have no idea how many people beep and give it thumbs up because we're giving people a voice. We're showing total disrespect to the establishment, Chris. Sure. And that's I, what I they deserve. Uh, sure. They deserve nothing but total, what the, what unadulterated the hell has this woman disrespect. Done? There's no, there's no, 
First of all, I've always said on my show, yeah, when Congress doesn't pass legislation, yeah, that's a good day. That means they're not taking more of our liberty away. Thank you. Thank you. But nothing, nothing from this woman. Well, actually, what And she, not just legislation. Well, she's not negative. You know what? I would even, if I could point to something and say, Elizabeth Warren did A, B, and C to take our liberty away, at least I have something to point to. This woman has done nothing. But part of representing the state and being, you take that oath, you represent the people. Even though you're a, you're a senator in Massachusetts, in Washington, all politics is local and it all flows across the country. Well, what you get in there, what's your big plan? How are you going to not only represent math, Massachusetts, but I'm going to say this as a conservative. Just say no. When you see legislation and you read it, it's like, no, this is BS. I'm, I'm not voting for this. What? You got to take, you got to tax more and do that. No, I'm not. No. Not, not only will I not vote for it, but continually be a thorn at their sides. Mass demonstrations, mass movements. You can get on the radio with people like you and hit them hard. Look, our winning in Massachusetts, if, if Donald Trump's win was Lexington, the first shot being fired, our win is going to be like the second American Revolution being unleashed. Because they do not want people to be independent. You see, both of these parties run top yeah. down. Our, that's why everyone listening here should vote for me and for this campaign because you're voting for yourself. For far too long in American history, we've been bamboozled by both of these parties who are two heads of the same serpent. And, you know, the historic thing is, oh, you got to choose the better of two evils or lesser of two evils. Well, that's because you had two idiots. Well, you don't have that with a guy who's busted his ass, went through the public school systems, mm. came here as a legal immigrant, went to MIT, which is a high-tech, votech school. It's nothing more than that. Sure. You know, created jobs. Who better to represent this state than a guy who's a worker and represents innovation at the deepest level? Elizabeth Warren, what has she created? Nothing. Jeff Deal, what has he created? Well, he created a Photoshop picture of himself sh shaking hands with Trump. John Kingston, well, he can smoke a cigar and hang out with his buddies at, at you know, law school. And then who do you have? Uh, uh, Beth Lindstrom? Lottery Lindstrom? Come on. These people do not know anything. And, and it's mm. time that people get what they deserve. They deserve someone like me. And look... It's a historic opportunity for everyone listening. You know, I'm not saying that, uh, you know, in all humility that there's not other people like myself. Mm -hmm. But I got to tell you, a guy like me to run and put his butt on the line is rare. And this is this a rare opportunity for us to declare our independence and win. And we figured out how to win, man. We go on the ground, Chris. We get on shows like you. Your stuff it's, is everywhere. It's game, set, match. They say, you know, where have you been? Right? So the mainstream media does not want to put me on, on there. The, the Boston Globe put the three pictures of the three white candidates, and I, I'll tell you why I use the word white. Uh, I was the well, first one Well, they are white. I'm sorry, right. folks. But, but remember, the reason I say white is a liberal girl, globe. We believe in diversity, anti-racism. Well, they left my picture out. So I tweeted out, racist Boston Globe leaves out the darkie. It went viral. <laughs> okay? <laughs> right? <laughs> it is. So, so the Globe... Reporter, you Sullivan. See, you see, folks, she was already understood what the meat potato show is about. Yeah, they left out the dark. We don't care. We don't care. You know, I used to be this called... not your safe space, folks. When I played, when I played baseball, I used to call me Smokey. Okay? <laughs> not only because I was dark, because I could, I could smoke them. I could throw pretty fast. Okay? <laughs> my point is, that's not racism. Oh, my God. Racism awesome. is not using the dark word, the N-word, right. changing these signs. No, we that's can laugh at it. That's all BS. Racism is Elizabeth Warren 
using race to get a job. Racism is a fact that she's the using this. She, she even chimed in on this border thing. Again, it's more racism. Yeah, I, you know, this th these people. Elizabeth Warren is the face of the deep state. That's what she is. She voted for more increased military funding. She voted to bomb Syria. She voted. She was against North Korea and South Korea coming together. Yeah. That's the military part. But she'll be the first to take away veter veterans, you know. Right. So ve veterans. Uh, she, Thanks. She, she's sitting there at Harvard, which is essentially Wall Street, a $40 billion hedge fund acting like it's some big, uh, you know, university. It's not. It's a fake university. That's what a Harvard University fundamentally is. It's basically a fake university. And you heard it, I'll say it again, it's a fake university. It's a $40 billion hedge fund. They take tuitions, right. they take donor money. You can buy a professorship You there. just said earlier in the interview, there's, there's all these major corporations in a circle right around them. And they're right around, all related. I'm telling everyone, you wanna know where the deep state is? Come with me to Kendall Square and Harvard Square. That's the location of the deep state. Sure. And, that, and that's the sewer, the utter sewer. And let me tell you, for people in Worcester and people in Springfield, people here, these people do not care about you because they're making trillions of dollars from getting funding to their buddies right. in that deep state. Right. That they they, care they don't about care that. about the kids that are supposedly exactly. being detained. Right, right. right. Exactly. It's all fiction. You know, what they care about is supporting big pharma, big biotech, because that little one-mile radius around MIT and Harvard is what feeds them. You know, years ago, we could have watched the news, read the newspaper, um, and know in our minds that, well, I need to look a little more into this. Or maybe it's not the entire story. This is why some uh, smart people would get, back in the day, I'm talking about several newspapers and do whatever they did, watch different television shows at the time. Today we have this mass media where we can get any information we want, but it is all controlled. So now all we're getting is a false narrative, despite the multiple It's manufactured channels. narrative. It's gotten to the point where the, the media is in a prey. They're, they're not afraid to lie. They just lie. They know they're lying to us. We know they're lying to us. And then they go on and lie. And that's just kind of what we got here. Well, listen, uh, this has been going on for a long time. What was great that Trump... But it's he's worse made, now. Right, I mean, it is in your face, full flank, 365. Well, I, I would hour. argue that it's good now because the term fake news has become popular. What was bad was this has been going on for a long time, Chris. So and we wouldn't called, it's, believe it's it. It's manufactured consent, yeah. right? Yeah. Before, w w they gave us the allure that we were living in a democracy, okay? And because of that, people could be lulled into submission as though everything was great. The reality is this has been going on for a long, long, long time. Look, uh, there was, it, it's a reason when Eisenhower said, in his farewell speech, he said, beware of the military-industrial complex, and Fulbright said, beware of the military-industrial-academic complex. Right? This has been going on for a long time, but they were very clever and sophisticated out of it. But when you had a guy like Trump come out there, called him fake news, fake news, fake news, now it's in the vocabulary mm, right. and in the ether of everywhere. That's the greatness of what he did for everyone. Mm. He basically spat on these guys that deserve to be spat on before they had the New York Times. I mean, remember when we were in high school? AP History, New York Times, such a great newspaper. You know, at that time, I.F. Stone had some good journalists, right? Well, now it's a completely crap newspaper, right? It's all pay to play, but it all comes from yeah. science. MIT, Harvard are all pay to play. You will not find one. You know who's behind fake news? 
fake academia, fake science. Sure, of course. Oh, because oh god, yeah. And I know, and I know. And so this is the insider game that I know really well how these guys run. So you want to convince someone of something, call up an academic, pay him some money. He writes a beautiful 12-point font, beautiful article, publish it, publishes it, and then the journalist at the New York Times citations him. So, for example, Monsanto, we were told, oh, Monsanto's foods are safe. Well, New York Times copies that from, you know, some article written in the Harvard Journal. Oh, that's the other thing. True. Shiva's absolutely correct on this. You watch any news organization, and the script is the same. Uh, Reuters, Associated Press, uh, whatever some of the other big ones are that write the stories, and it's like, yep, this is the stuff you feed the masses. And then everyone, I played a piece, uh, that's several shows ago, introducing the show. This whole, I, it, it was a montage of everybody at various news channels just repeating the same script all the time throughout the entire thing. Not only in national news, it goes down to local news because the, the citizens out here, my neighbors, the ones out here, will just watch their local news. And so they get fed this digested, digested, all right, here's your 30-second soundbite that you say to feed them what's going what's, on. What's interesting, Chris, what you just said, is this was the Edward Bernays model of advertising. There's this guy called Edward Bernays, and he came up with this theory of advertising. Yes. Which says, what you just said, feed the people sound bites. But the truth is, if you look at human development, even when we were like, whatever, sitting around a fire, we all like stories. We actually like long-form stories like you're doing here. People actually are quite intelligent. Yes. The establishment wants to dumb down people to sound bites. They don't want people to, but that's why people love movies. People go see for a great movie, right? Right. Two, they'll sit they, three hours. They'll like long form. I mean, I, when I grew up in my village in India, we, my grandmother would tell me these amazing stories for three hours. We actually love stories. This concept of sound bites is dehumanizing, but that's what they've done. They said, oh, hit them with a sound bite. They get all these idiot PR consults. Oh, you got to reduce the message to a sound bite. No, it's not true. People actually want to hear thoughtful, intelligent people. That's what they deserve. This but is they, the growth of internet. Well, yeah, that's why YouTube people like long form. People, right, exactly. That's why I believe this radio is coming out. back. This will go out. I'll produce this. I'm saying people want to They want to hear. Form. This is why I do this interview series the way I do it. I want to hear what you got to say. I don't want to hear all that crap that's going right. out there. I want to hear what you got to say. And I think ultimately this is what's going to bring back the truth. Because when you have politicians and they can hide behind ten levels of nonsense... It's manufactured, right? Mm -hmm. It's manufactured mm -hmm. consent. You know? Because you've been hit. Definitely. Yeah. And they're gonna, I've been hit all my life, all right. man. Hang on. I, I, be quiet for two seconds. Hang on. Because, Shiva, you're awesome. And what I'm going to say is we talked about this uh, dirty deal. We talked about the Trump photograph, shaking hands. Um, why? Why is this out there? Why is it that I saw your thing on Howie Carr, the very first interview, and you, you just went right after him, because all he wanted to do was the gotcha questions. Folks, anybody knows anything about the Meat and Potato Show, there are no gotcha questions here. I don't care about that, but I'm going to bring it up here to get to a point that somebody like Shiva has been attacked, attacked, attacked. Everything he says, oh, he's too extreme, he's this. Oh, did you hear what he said the other day? Oh, that, did you see that video? Hmm, wait a minute, folks. 
Seems I remember a presidential election where somebody was also called out on that. Hmm. Now he's president. How do you fight this? How do you keep your composure? It must piss you off. You're on my show. Say it. Here, look, Chris, let me give you my journey. Now, I've been called uh, all sorts of things. When I came out with the truth, I believe in truthful free speech. You know, uh, in 1978, as a 14-year-old kid, I'll give you three examples. And what's hardened me to this, right, is as a 14-year-old kid, I started working in a medical school full-time, you know? And that, in that medical school in Newark, New Jersey, I was asked to do a test. I learned, I went to NYU when I was 14, man. I was one of those overachieving kids. <laughs> 78, when computers used to fill a big room, and I was given a task. I'm sorry you've come to my humble, I, I use it as place. a garage. This is like my uh, inventor room when I was growing up. But, you know, my I was asked to create a, a system. Remember the old days, 1978? The secretary had an inbox, outbox. She had a typewriter. Sure, right. She'd write a memo in carbon copy, BCC. She'd put the envelope in a thing and send it around the, the pneumatic tubes. It was called the inter-office mail system. Right. As a 14-year-old kid, I was asked to convert that entire system to the electronic form. I did. I called it email. Wrote 50,000 lines of code. Got the first U.S. copyright. I invented the first email system. Not Al Gore, but the email was not invented by the military. It was done by a 14-year-old kid in Newark, New Jersey, by the ecosystem of loving yeah. parents, a great mentor, and a, and a public school system of teachers. That's where email came from. Now, fast forward, never made a penny off it. When I came to MIT, it was on the front page about me inventing this. Uh, uh, five years ago, my dear mom is dying of pulmonary fibrosis. Mm -hmm. In a suitcase, she had saved all of this material. Time Magazine wrote an article called The Man Who Invented Email. People can go look it up, November 2011, three months before she died. Then the Smithsonian called me. You know, I didn't want any of this fame. They said, Dr. Idre, we want this in the Smithsonian. They did a beautiful ceremony, and it went into the Smithsonian on February 16, 2012. A Washington Post reporter, a young African-American reporter, writes a beautiful set of articles saying, Dr. Shiva Idre honored as the inventor of email. The shit hits the fan. The instant that went in, the liberal white racist elite, right? Not the right-wing rednecks, the liberal white... Sure. No, I know it was what like you're a, saying. It was like a no, new skull was found in Doesn't Africa. Doesn't matter. They'll throw you yeah. under the bus. Yeah, but you, but you got to understand. For the time period I was at MIT, I was on the front page when I first came. Front page of Technology Review for inventing a technological right. echo right. Front page it's when I won a full. Wonderful. But this when I immigrant said, to America invents all this. Wait, wait. He's a Republican and he's running for office. Exactly. Oh, he's, throw him under the bus. Right. He's not willing to be a House N. You know. He's. You know. He's. He's, he's a. But thief. that's it. Exactly. Can I use the N word? Go. Look, I, I wasn't willing to be a house nigger, okay? Sure. I, and, and this is a fundamental issue because we all, we're all niggers on a white liberal deep state reservation. We are. That's what we are. Oh, so they don't want you to use God, the nigger yeah. word because the reason they don't want you to use that word is because they want to shove under the fact that they're the real racists. You know, so I can use that word because I've been called that, but I don't consider that racism. I was called smoky. I was called nigger. I was called all these names. I don't consider that racism. What I consider racism is Elizabeth Warren, who lied and cheated to get into Harvard. To get in and took That's racism. So they want to make ceremonial things. Don't use the N-word. And then uses Change race to, to exactly. promote her campaign right. and promote Well, not her only that, when we put this up, you have a bunch of white liberal racists who say, I'm a racist. And you know what I tell them? I said, you know what? I'm not going to sign your nomination papers. I said, yeah, you don't want a darkie on the ballot. And they freak out. They go, what did you just say? I said, you're the racist. 
because you don't want... Really? He said that? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Really? 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 Yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. Holy... I said, you don't right want a guy market. like me because I have stepped outside of your bounds of being a good Gunga Din. Right. I'm willing to be the field nigger who wants to leave your plantation. You know? That's what you don't like. You want to define racism. And I'm going after you and pointing out to every goddamn thing right. you guys have done. Exactly. And you want to bound racism. Change the name of Yawkey Way. Don't use the N-word. Now Ta we can... Tear down all the monuments Right. Now we south. can feel good about ourselves. No, you're the racist because in Boston, the net worth, the average net worth of a black person is $8. How did you get that by being so into diversity? And you don't even talk about poor whites who are on opioids, who have sure, the highest right, infant right, mortality right, rate. Right. They're so you create race wars. You got a scumbag like Howie Carr who acts as though he's for poor whites, and you have a scumbag like the Boston Globe who acts hoity tooty. They're for they're for you know uh, the, the minorities, and nothing gets resolved. And Donald Trump comes out of nowhere and he calls him, and they call him a racist. We got him even hidden here. Um, uh, uh. McFarleft, I call him. Clyde yeah, McFarleft. So, so I, I, what, in, in the in, so, at the Telegram and Gazette, he's he's all for writing race pieces. Yeah, these the people don't. You know what? Let them, let them come to me with Newark, where I you know did, did work. Many of these people won't go to Newark. When I was at MIT, all these little liberal kids would talk about racism, right? But they wouldn't even go to Roxbury, Dorchester. They wouldn't go to Saudi, right? These people are the real racists. Race is a theoretical issue for them. It's not real. For them, so they come up, they manufacture racism. They pit yeah. poor whites against yeah. poor blacks. You, you, so you, none of the fundamental issues in this country have gotten resolved. You so know, we, so we fundamentally live on a reservation where we're all watched by Google and Facebook. Think about it, right? We we are poisoned by pharmaceutical companies. That's why you have the highest incidence of autism. Go look at what's going on to kids in this country. Let me hang you on that thought. Uh, getting back to the racism thing, uh, Shiva again makes an absolutely fantastic point. I've played the piece several times as a drop-in on my show. Uh, the the uh, Morgan Freeman uh, it, uh, with um, uh, what's his name Wallace, uh, not Chris Wallace, Mike uh, Wallace. Mike Wallace. It's an old 60 Minutes interview, and it's only about 30 seconds. And you know, he talks about. Um, ending racism, and Morgan Freeman, in his infinite wisdom, uh, simply says, stop talking about it. Stop making their big goddamn thing. Just get rid of it. Stop talking about it and stop bringing it up all the time. But this is what the left is even doing to you. See, you and I can sit here and use words like nigger and darky, and we can laugh right. at that. That's part of getting over it. But and the, they don't want us but to the get over left, it. You but, they don't but the to... left will, they'll take our 30-second soundbite out of right. it. And they'll say, oh, Shiva, racist. Oh, that Chris Mader guy on Meet and is racist because we use this word. And they don't do understand. You know, do you, do you... They always want to try to compartmentalize you, your race, your, right. your organization, whatever it is you're doing, instead of looking at you which is what the left is supposed to well, be Well, the doing. Department of Education of California can use a nigger word because they ruled in a court ruling that it's okay to use that word when it's used in Huck Finn, okay? So they can use it, but we can't, okay? So they can put it in. So they define the bounds of when it's useful for them. But the fundamental issue is we have not even begun to discuss race in this country because it's owned by Harvard University and a bunch of quacks over there who are the real white liberal racists. Right. You see, they, you know, Malcolm X... Big hero of mine. 
big hero of mine. Sure. Malcolm, towards the end of his life, broke from black nationalism, you know, cultural nationalism to be specific. He was still a black progressive nationalist. But he said, you know, ultimately, he goes, I believe there will ultimately be a clash between the oppressed and those who do the oppressing, but it will not be based on the color of the skin. Two months later, he's shot. Because mm. that's when he became dangerous. You see, as long as you talk about, you know, how the white people have been attacked, how we car, and as long as you talk about how the black people have been oppressed, you know, Boston Globe, the establishment loves you. Right. Keep they the, love you. Right. Keep the paradigm right. going. Keep the paradigm. But when you have a guy like me, I'm dangerous. Right? right? I'm the really dangerous guy because I'm going to bring Americans together. This is together. why Dinesh D'Souza went to jail. Hello? Right. But, but the reality is we're, we're one people. We're Americans. We're freaking Americans who believe in free speech. We believe in working freaking hard. We believe in excellence. We believe in meritocracy. That's what this country is built on. Sure, it right. wasn't built on scumbag politicians. Just because they suck ass to Charlie Baker, they get to run. What do you, Charlie, you know, that's what I see. What I see is, you know, I was winning every, I, when I was running as a Republican, I'd get standing ovations at RTCs. Cape Cod Republican Club, you guys can see standing ovation. After I did that free speech rally, remember, these are the rich, wealthy Republicans in the Cape. And if sure. you're listening, you guys are the real scumbags. Because you then disinvited me after the free speech rally. Oh my God, Antifa may show up here. So they will send our poor white kids. Really? Home. It was yeah. that event? Yes. I have the, they, they sent us, they're afraid that Antifa would show up. No, you're right. I, so, I, so, start, I noticed that. No, you're right. Check this out. So these wealthy bourgeois Republicans, same as bad as the white liberals, okay, will send our poor white kids and poor black kids could go defend their liberty. When July 4th comes, they'll drape the American flag. We got to fight for the First Amendment, the Second Amendment. But in their own towns, they won't put their ass on the line when I was willing to come there and speak. You see what I'm saying? That's These amazing. are freaking hypocrites. They're un-American, and they use the flag when it's it appropriate was, for them. It was after that event that I started to see the marginalizing of you. Yeah, and because I became dangerous. You know, if everyone goes and sees what I talked about, what I talked about at the free speech rally was something fundamental. I said Hillary Clinton is a racist. I said Joe Biden is a racist because he said that that he, he, he liked Obama. He thought Obama was the first articulate and clean-cut black man. I exposed Harry Reid, okay? And I exposed academic free speech. That's when I became dangerous because I was splitting the lines. You see, it wasn't the Republicans or the Democrats. You weren't afraid. As I opened the interview, you weren't afraid. Guys, I'm telling you... We can defeat Elizabeth Warren. I'm the only one who can defeat her because there's so many independents who lean left who hate her. Okay? I'm out on the streets. I'm not doing little cruise parties, doing fundraisers. I don't even mm -hmm. know why they raise all this money. It goes to their buddies. You don't need all this money. We're out there fighting. It's like sort of the dynamics of a revolution, which is what we can have here in Massachusetts with our election, is this. Historically, you've had the establishment, one group. Then over here have been change agents, people like us on the street. We're not sure. sure. We don't, we're not our right. you know, we're not perfect, right? All the grassroots candidates grassroots. I've interviewed. Right, on the ground. And then you have someone even more insidious in the establishment, what I call the not-so-obvious establishment. And they exist to suck people on the streets back into the establishment. Let me give you an example. Jesse Jackson, 1984. Oh, Ronald Reagan was running. Right. Mondale. And then this guy, Jesse Jackson's out there acting oh, as always for us. You're getting you, at, see what right, I'm, you see what I mean? Right. And, he's, and at the last minute, he gives all... Yeah, he pulls that ultra left. Wait, he took the energy out of the masses and gives it to Mondale. Recent election, 2016. Right? Hillary Clinton, establishment candidate. 
Over here is Trump, the true change of change. Then who do they put in the middle of that? Bernie Sanders, the not-so-obvious establishment. So all these poor young kids follow, oh, he's the agent of change. No, he isn't. The last minute, he gives all of his votes to Hillary. Right. Right? Well, the left and the right both do this. And I'm telling the Trumpers, the true Trump loyalists, if you're listening to me, you guys aren't Republican. You guys are independent. You have your own brain. Right. So the establishment Republicans are playing a big shell game. They got Jeff yeah. Deal out there acting as though he's a Trumper to suck you back into the establishment party. Well, uh, e That's e what's going on. Dirty Deal even, is insidious. Even because I'm, e I, I got I to tell, let me go finish ahead. this. Because Jeff Deal is no different than Bernie Sanders to Hillary Clinton. Jeff Deal to Charlie Baker. That's what's going on. Jeff Deal did not like Trump in the beginning. He was going to sabotage him in the votes. Neither you know, did the Beth votes. and neither did Kingston. None Kingston of them did. Spent so, money. In fact, Deal stole, Deal and his clan stole Trump's data. Now, the Trump campaign can't say anything because it's embarrassing. Okay? So Jeff Deal's Holly Robichaud, Saudi lobbyist. You know, the Foreign Immunities Act was passed in 1996 which said that we could go after Yemen, Saudi Arabia, we as citizens, if they were in state-sponsored terrorism. Well, after 9-11, the Foreign Immunities Act was amended, so guess who was added to that? Saudi Arabia. So which means American citizens could go after Saudi Arabia. The government, not the soldiers of Saudi, the Saudi Arabians. 200 Massachusetts citizens, some of you may be listening, you lost loved ones in that. You had the right to go after Saudi Arabia. That yes. bill was passed by Congress. Obama vetoed yes. it. Ah. And it was overruled 97 to 2. So you know what the Saudi government does? They hire a very elite advertising firm in New York who hires lobbyists. Holly Robichaud, Jeff Deal's campaign manager, was paid to be a lobbyist. What did she do? She freaking used veterans. She told them, oh, you could be sued by the Saudi government. Absolute lie. Absolute lie to try to overturn if that they rule. came after them. I exactly, saw the but it has right. nothing to do. Go, go read twenty-eightpages.org. So you have a scumbag working with another scumbag. Holly Robichaud and Jeff Deal are the biggest scumbags. They are taking advantage of the Trump movement to try to bring them back into Charlie Baker. And I have to tell the truth because it is the truth. You know, you're looking at someone who. Probably very few people understand the genius of Donald Trump. People think he's all these names. The guy is freaking brilliant. And I can tell you because I'm a pretty smart guy. He okay? is brilliant. This guy has figured it out, and he's playing a level that none of these establishment politicians can understand. Charlie Baker, as I understand, he thinks he's the smartest guy in the room. Well, the guy's not that smart, okay? He probably got into Harvard because of his father through legacy admissions, okay? He ran a healthcare uh, company, okay, which screwed all of our healthcare. Okay, so on the one day, Jeff Deal signed on to Romney Care. Deal went into the convention saying, he, "I'm not going to sign the pledge for Baker, right? Act because that's to screw up the Trumpers." And then after that, he endorses him. What do you call that? You call that the not so obvious establishment. Right. They are trying to destroy the Trump movement in Massachusetts. One million people voted for Donald Trump, and eighty percent of them were independents. Half of the Republicans screwed over Donald Trump. Sure. Yeah. So what I'm telling you is we have an opportunity for a revolutionary change. Hillary didn't take uh, Worcester County. She didn't. She so didn't. Worcester County is really is really the opposition to the scumbags in, in Cambridge. Okay? What do you think of the 27.8 uh, or whatever it was that Scott Lively got at the convention? What do you, well, you want me to tell you what I think is going on? Go ahead. Look, you've you got to understand these people are smart. They They're can, on my show. Yeah, so yeah. Please. Look, this is what's going on. 
Baker knows that he's got to pull back in the Republicans because everyone knows he's not a Republican. Right. Okay. He's a Democrat, uh, whatever you want to call him. He's an opportunist. So what they did was they screwed over Mark Fisher four years ago. Right. So this was a way of throwing a lost, bone. Lost in the lawsuit. Yeah. Hello. By the way, these delegates are all orchestrated. Okay. It's all right. an orchestration. Right. Anyone thinks that the delegates are somehow voting? Bullshit. I got my ticket okay. up there. I was there. Right. It's but there it's, it's orchestrated. Okay. It's very well orchestrated. I yes. voted for Lively. Yeah. I, I, but, I, but, yeah. I, but my point is that... They knew what they did to Fisher last time, shredding ballots, putting people on, was so egregious, right? So this time, it's like a charade. Okay, we'll let this guy in the ballot, you know? We'll put him on. This happened top down. This didn't happen. Nothing happens in the mass GOP without Charlie Baker and Ron Kaufman and Kirsten Hughes, okay? That's the mafia that runs the mass yeah, GOP. Yeah, figuring it out. They figured it out. These people aren't stupid. They're not going to let Lively get on. They but, put him on. But, but... The night of the election, yeah. the night we all cast our votes, what happened? I wasn't there. What happened? He got 27. They didn't expect that. Right. They didn't expect it, but what I'm trying to say is they could have deterred it. And what I'm saying is they need to re-legitimize the Republican Party in the state because it's an irrelevant party. It's a bogus party. What is, it, what is a Republican Party about? Yeah, it's not. Right, when right. I talked to Ron Kaufman, when I was running as a Republican, he's out in his home somewhere. He goes, Shiva, don't say anything against Democrats. <laughs> Quote, unquote. So you tell me what the Republican Party hears. Who They're told you that again? Ron Kaufman. Give me a break. Yes. You come on Quote my unquote. show? What? Wait, to come on my show? No, no. He, just when I general. was running as a Republican, he says, okay. never say anything against Democrats. you got to understand, it's a power-sharing agreement. In the midterm election, there's a reason they have the governor's race in the midterm, because they know a lot of Democrats won't come out. So the goal is they power-share with the... So Warren gets to be senator. Wow. Look at the selfie Baker's taken, you know, with the Warren. Come on. These guys are in collusion. People wake up. You have a chance. You have an alternative. Okay? You don't this need to vote. This is amazing. That's what's going on. And that's why us winning is going to be a revolution. We thought Trump was a big thing. I'm telling you, an independent winning, a real American, a real Indian in Massachusetts is going to inspire other working people to get involved. And you know what? The technology we build, we're going to share with everyone. The, the infrastructure I put together. You know, I don't sure. know if you know, the technology I built was used by the George Bush campaign to win. I'm using my own technology. The mass GOP and the, and the Democrats don't share this. When I win, we're going to give all of this technology away to everyone to use for free. Do you see, do you see the blue wave? There's, or do you see there, a red it's wave? It's all nonsense. There's one wave, which is the fact that people are breaking from both parties, Chris. The Trump wave, that's what I call it, mm -hmm. which is the anti-establishment wave. Let me stop Fuck you there. The, the blue wave or the red Let wave. Me stop it you doesn't there. exist. It's nonsense. He's absolutely correct. And the reason why I asked him that question is all the years I've been interviewing grassroots candidates from across the country, they lose. They go up against a big establishment. They lose. They go come up again two years later. They lose. Again, there's more. Again, more and more and more. And everyone kept saying, why are you interviewing these people? They're always going to lose. You're not getting the point, is that they're still coming up every two or six years, whatever the Senate or the Congress or whatever their state reps are doing, they are always throwing themselves in. Shiva is that person who is now bringing it to the boil and showing it for what it is. 
and that it is. It's we're exposing the actual machine that's out there to go against people like you. All these other grassroots candidates in the past and coming in the future, they're going to have to face this. Well, look, I'm a pretty formidable. Dan Ray, when he had me on his show, he said Shiva's a formidable candidate, and he said, you know, this was when I first met. He goes, just call Jeff Deal and tell him not to run. <laughs> Quote unquote. Okay, call Jeff Deal. Never took my call. That's when I heard. love it. That's so good. what I'm trying to say is. Look, guys, you're talking about someone who's an immigrant who went through the public school system, who mowed lawns, played baseball. You know, I'm an American. This is what America... I, you're looking at the face of America when Built you look at me. Built a business, became rich, and I'm, I'm here go. to remind people there are still Americans. And they're not Elizabeth Warren. They're not John Kingston. They're not Jeff Deal. They're not Charlie Baker. These people are un-American. They are the swamp. So have hope. You know, go out there and vote for Shiva for Senate because I'm the only one who wants to defeat Elizabeth Warren. I'm the only one who, who has always taken on the establishment. Do we have, did you say Facebook Live? Well, Do yeah, we I got somebody? Facebook Live here and that was your, uh, your uh, periscope, but the battery died. So oh, okay. if you want to restart that. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, but, but the not so obvious establishment, Chris, is what's been historically used in American politics to basically screw over people and mislead them. Bernie Sanders, classic, not so obvious establishment, sure, right? right. Uh, I, 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 the, way you, the way you put that together, I, I can even think of somebody even like a Ross Perot back during the Clinton-Bush thing. Um, there was, uh, what is it, the John Anderson thing yeah. back during the early Reagan, maybe the Mondale yeah. or even before that. There was always... I, Carter, 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 Senator yeah. Ted Kennedy got yeah. thrown in there. There's always that spoiler alert. What they do is they use the not-so-obvious establishment to take advantage of people. Obama, revolution, change, complete, complete horse Going nonsense. up against Hillary Clinton, right. it's not her time. Right, but he was a set-up candidate. Even the 17 Republicans going up against Trump, taking them out one by one by one right. by one until we got down to the right. final November. Even that on the Republican side. That's part of what you're saying. Throw them in there. Keep throwing them in right. there. So, so Trump was the agent of change. They never expected him to win. So, so remember, the swamp is quite clever. They got all their little minions running around, you know, figuring out what the hell do we do. Their strategy with Trump, the Republican strategy, is to have fake Trumpers. Mm -hmm. Right? Because Trump loyalists listening to this are quite smart. But they can get bamboozled, and they're very, very clever. So look at these people's actions, ultimately. Anyone who endorses Baker, can you call him a Trumper? Come on, the guy who's no. just on NPR no. destroying Trump. Right, right. Right? So look at the actions. Don't make excuses for people anymore. People deserve better, Chris. People need to raise their standards. What we've done is we've lowered the standards of Americans that we have to accept the lesser of two evils. You should tell the story about hijacking the delegates. There you go. Yeah. Hijacking the delegates. <laughs> Look, well, well, it happened. Well, it happened at the. I know it happened at the convention, at 2016 convention. I'm talking about. Well, well yeah, the hijacking of there. But I even saw it at. at no, I'm talking about how Jeff Deal essentially tried. He was essentially working for Ted Cruz when right. he came into the Trump campaign. Right. And uh, so we, I talked about the stolen data, but the real reason for that finger poke picture with the president poking him was the fact that he Jeff Deal betrayed Trump. He he attempted to hijack the delegates. Would they were hoping there'd be a second vote, and they vote for Cruz. For Cruz, that's so what, that's, that's, what, that's, what, what the, that's what the ultimate and, betrayal is. And you talk to anyone. We'll I was going to ask you that question. It's like I see that photograph. You 
publish it all the time. It, it came from his Facebook, by the way. He, but he this is what I'm saying. He has no picture with Trump. Do you think the Massachusetts Trump culture, which is a bogus title, Dean Cavaretta is a complete liar, okay? He gave him an honorary title, which was never approved, a week before the office was shut down. So he's going, and is I was in the just, office. We've told the Boston Globe they won't do it because they want an idiot running against Warren. Didn't that office get like vandalized? It got vandalized. It got it vandalized. I opened that up with Dean. We, I, I worked New Hampshire right. for the campaign, and I opened that up with Dean, and I was there before Jeff came in. And I, I figured out pretty quickly why he was there. He was he infiltrated us, him and Barney Johnson, essentially. That was the reason. That's interesting. That's the reason. You go talk to people. These people infiltrated the Trump campaign. They stole data. And that's what they're thriving on. And the Trump there was campaign only one cannot... Share. Look, if someone stole data from my campaign, I'd be embarrassed to talk about it, okay? That's why they're not going after him. That's why... Look, he's got 20 pictures with the Trump family. Sure. Where is Jeff Deal's pictures if he's so close? Interesting. Saudi lobbyist runs his campaign. That's interesting. Endorse Baker. He's not a Trumper, everyone. And where are the other two? Beth and Kingston? I like Kingston and Lindstrom because they're never Trumpers, okay? That's right. easy. Right. Deal is a fake Trumper. He's the insidious snake, the serpent, in, in you know down there. Okay. Right. And if you want to look at a real Trumper, you're looking at Shiva Ayadure. The Republican Party doesn't want real Trumpers, because we're actually passionate. We actually want to win. This guy wants the the deal that was struck, as we know from the insiders, is Deal would get to be Lieutenant Governor. He was going to run against Baker. No, Jeff, you don't do that. I'll support you. I act like I'm against you for you. Blah blah blah. Mm -hmm. That's what they're doing now. You got to remember, guys. This is all an insider trading game. They think three steps ahead. Like you said, the media, Democrats and Republicans yeah. all work together. Yeah. So the only way you get the truth is by looking at people's actions. I went out there and put my ass on the line at the free speech rally. I go after Monsanto. I go after the city of Cambridge. When my attorney's like, oh, don't do that. You could be getting in trouble. The city could come and bother your building. I said, screw that. Right? Because they could harass me. That most people walk away. Well, it's all about tolerance and understanding. In Cambridge, right. all run by Democrats, right? Exactly. I think the key part, Chris, is our campaign is fundamentally about the fact that, you know, the American worker, black and white, has been devastated. Yes, there's jobs, but wages have been absolutely flat. Why? Well, first, the, the, uh, both sides, both sides are behind the, immigrant, uh, the illegal immigration issue. They both profited from it. Wall Street is, frankly, high because they exploit immigrant labor. Let's talk about it. That's what they do. Second is, in Massachusetts, we don't have enough skilled labor. For Hang on two seconds. Every 17 skilled high-tech job openings, only one person is skilled, supposedly in the mecca of education. Why? Because I don't know if Charlie Baker has any skills. I don't know if Elizabeth Warren has any skills. I don't know if John Kingston has any skills. I don't know if Jeff Deal does. I think he sold signs. Mm -hmm. She probably knows how to twirl the wheel, the lottery wheel, right? Right. Well, you're looking at a guy who can build stuff. I actually build stuff. I get up in the morning. I write software. I still make stuff. Yeah. You know, we have people in Worcester who yeah, are people still the carpenters. They, they have absolutely no clue. They uh, have no skills. How, if, without skills, you need all this stuff. You need consultants to tell you what the healthcare system is. Look, let me tell you. So these people have no skills. Mm -hmm. They're not, so that's why they created a skillless state right now, right? We don't have enough skills. You have the worst opioid epidemic in Massachusetts, three times the national average, three times. Yeah. Right. So what? And we have the worst infrastructure. So you tell me. And by the way, Massachusetts got an F on public integrity. Oh, and so some of the, some of the uh, getting back to the opioid thing. Uh, we have some of the 
individual companies who have uh, cured opioids without Narcan, well, I'm sure Shiva knows the big money that's involved in that one. Uh, yeah, well, we, we have a people, guy on These a, people were shut down. You know Dr. Kishore if you've interviewed him? Oh, wow, Dr. Kishore, yes, he's been on the show, and yes, I so, see so him you, many times. Yeah, here you have a guy who actually helped 250,000 patients over 20 years, figured out a way to detox in the home. Martha Coakley throws him in jail for eight months. There okay. The swamp economy doesn't want to solve opioid. I'll say it again. Swamp economy does not want to solve opioid. They don't opioid. want to solve anything. They, because they it make runs money. counter to what they... It just keeps the crisis going. Well, they make money off it. Look at Romney. Romney made... He had a company, I think Acadia, they aggregated all the methadone clinics mm -hmm. and flipped them and made three-quarters of a billion dollars paying capital. That's what they do. Right. Okay? They make money off... Stealing the public yeah, <laughs> they, they make money off war and sickness, Democrats and Republicans. And that's what Eisenhower and Fulbright... We're warning us about right and what better way to destroy those guys than sending a message from massachusetts where the american revolution took place shiva we're at the bottom of the hour yeah thank you mike so much anytime no it's a great one hour yeah. interview there uh maybe even longer um i've got somebody calling in from new hampshire they're running for governor can i say one announcement please one announcement i was gonna say website yeah here's stuff. the bottom line anyone you know the establishment wants to make politics a spectator sport i want to make it a participant sport okay we you go up online mm -hmm. To our site, shivaforsenate.com. I don't need hundreds of thousands. I don't need 2,500. You can go up there and help yourself. We have two, magnet signs, two magnetic signs which say what you're seeing here. Shiva for Senate. Only the real Indian can defeat the fake Indian. Put them on your car, a bumper sticker, and we'll ship it to you for 15 bucks. That's it. Shipping. If you want to come to the building and get it, we'll do it for 10 bucks, and I'll put it on, on your thing. You ride around with those signs, and that's the revolution right there. Because right. you're saying F you to the establishment. Right. That we don't care about Elizabeth Warren. We don't care about all your diplomatic politics. But the, only the real Indian can defeat the fake Indian. What it really says is we're tired of both of these political parties. The establishment as a whole. So be an active citizen. Declare your independence. Vote Shiva for Senate. I don't need your money, you know? Not because I don't want your money. I don't need it. But what I need you to do is to get off your butt and put these signs on. So that way you don't even have to do standouts. Put those signs on and drive around. They hit up half a million people. Shiva for Senate.com. Thanks, Chris. Thanks a lot.